0: Welcome to the the Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. Alright buddies, boy, do we have a special episode for you today. Cause today, we're sitting down with the man, the myth, the legend, Chuck Reagan. Now, Chuck Reagan, he is probably my hero. He's my idol. I worship the ground this man walks on. Not really, but to an extent, yes. Uh, kind of hero worship a little bit, and uh, this is probably the best interview I've ever done for this uh, little show. And it's very fitting that Chuck Reagan was also the first interview I did for this very little show way back in December of 2011, right before it kicked off in uh, January 2012. And uh, I owe a lot of a lot of thanks to Chuck for sitting down and talking to me then. I owe a lot of thanks to him for sitting down and talking to me now. Uh, great chat. I over prepared, of course. so I had like four pages worth of questions to ask Chuck, and I barely looked at my questions once throughout this whole chat. it was just it's just an honest real chat of two dudes in the back of a tour bus hanging out talking at the very end of the uh, interview we are joined by two special guests of uh Todd Bean of uh Lucero in the glossary and of course Chuck Reagan and then uh, my dear friend uh, John Snograss from drag of the river so thanks to those guys for coming and hanging out and interrupting the very end of my my interview no it went out. Uh, been uh, pretty all right. Uh, next off, I got to thank my uh, sponsor, Death Wish Copy. Thank you to Death Wish Copy for uh, getting me through this hangover today. Uh, the show was last night when we saw Chuck Reagan, and of course, I tied one on pretty nice and heavily. I behaved myself. I didn't uh, didn't make too big an ass out of myself. I don't think like I normally do. There was no damn it, Damien moments. But Death Wish Copy, deathwishcopy.com, dot com, the world's most caffeinated copy is getting me through my hangover right now. I've got to go to my day job at a upscale uh organics grocery store where i gotta uh act excited about organic groceries all day long while checking out uh rich white assholes yeah yeah i hope nobody from work hears that because man might get me in trouble no not really so, uh, Thursday night we started off my uh, weekend adventure. We went and checked out the brilliant, fantastic Lydia Lovelace at the High Dive here in Denver. Uh, we, I tried to get an interview going with her, but she was a little under the weather. Uh, she uh, So she wasn't ready to do an interview. She didn't want to do one. That's okay, I guess. And, uh, but I just wanted to make note and say that holy crap is this woman amazing. She's like 23, 24 years old. Grew up in a punk rock honky-tonk dive bar. I don't think it was. And... Um, you know, she often gets compared to Loretta Lynn, but I like to think of Lydia Loveless as like a punk rock Dolly Parton. She's got the pipes, she's got the looks, and not that that really matters. She's got the skills, she's got the talent to pay the bills. So if you're a fan of guys like Chuck Reagan and uh, the White Buffalo and this genre and you haven't checked out Lydia Loveless, please do so right now. P- hit pause, check out Lydia Lovelace. She's going to floor you. She's going to blow you away. Her new album is out now on Bloodshot Records. It's a killer record. I don't have the name of it in front of me because I'm not a very good host. Um, but Lydia Loveless at the High Dive, you were amazing. I hope I get to interview you soon. I hope you're feeling better. I hope your tour is going well. Um, I'm going to go ahead and quit rambling because I ramble too much in these intros. And we're just going to we're just gonna sit down and we're going to talk to Chuck. His newest album, uh, Till Midnight is out now on Side One Dummy. It's probably my favorite record of the year so far, and that's that's a, that's a tough call because I've already heard the new Menzingers. I've already heard uh, you know the new Hold Steady. We've got Pup out this year also on Side One Dummy. There's a lot of talent, but this is the one that has stuck with me the most of the year. And um, it's a little bit of a slower song, but I'm going to open this this interview up with my favorite song off Till Midnight, and this is uh, Wake Up With You by Chuck Reagan. All right, Chuck Reagan and the com- com- camaraderie. So let's uh, let's kick this episode off, folks.
1: I came here to wake with you at dawn. With no one standing of any wrong. To lay with you for endless nights. To trade the wreckage for the likes Here's A hazel light, strong wheel, brown head girl. So hold tight to break free. Well, you've got all of me. to me, baby, and do my damnedest to make mistakes, but one. Came here and batten down a song. Burn pages to the moon until they're gone. Let the wind carry the ashes on. Trade wind somewhere else is off. And everything we need to make that dawn. So, oh, time to break free. All of me
0: The old Todd Bean walking up. Yes, it is. I was sitting across from him at Mo's Barbecue a minute ago, and I was like, is that Todd? Because I'm not used to him looking so clean cut. Is, that, really? is he clean cut? Well, I mean, like, when I first met him, he was a little bit wilder, His I think. beard's
2: as big as yours. How's yeah, he but, clean cut? I don't
0: know. I think mean, <laughs> he had, like, crazier hair when I first met him.
2: I would go to say that probably 99.9% of the people in this country would say that that man is
0: not clean cut. Well, I mean, no, no, no you're, you're correct. You know, it's funny. I work at Whole Foods, and all day long, they're like, do you have to have a beard to work here? And I'm like, no. Oh. I kind don't of want to shave just for that reason but I don't want to show people my double chin so um, so yeah I'm ready whenever you are what have you been up to today? did you go fishing? yeah I'm jealous yeah man got out with some some great great dudes yeah where'd you uh, go fishing
2: at? Uh, we went I was in Fort Collins mm. and uh, yeah the bus was coming through and um, you know we were Coming from where the where in the world where are we coming from? Salt Lake? Yeah, we came yeah. from Salt Lake and Fort Collins was en route. And I've been in touch with uh buddy Jay Rockfish. I
1: don't know. Are
2: you familiar with uh the trout bums or any of the Geofish guys or no. Pig Farm? Yeah, I think I,
0: uh Drag the River did some theme songs or some yeah. stuff for them. That's that's yeah. my association with them. Yeah. I think I think. Could be and
2: completely wrong. He's with them, man. I, I, I'm a, like... I was a little... I met Thad Robinson last night, who's one of those guys, and I met Jay today. I'd been kind of corresponding with them for a while, but I'd never met him face-to-face. And I was, like, legitimately a little starstruck, uh-huh. you know? It was awesome. That's
0: interesting, because that's something I kind of want to talk about here in a second.
2: Yeah, and uh, I... Uh, yeah, I mean... They uh, had bus pulled into a Walmart parking lot, which was just kind of the easy stop. Yeah. I just jumped out, jumped in their truck, and uh, yeah, met up with some some great dudes. Uh, uh, Nick from Surfside Seven. I don't know if you remember that? him. What's up? Um, yeah, man. And uh, Matt, I can't pronounce his last name. Schlisk. <laughs> um, Schlisk. I believe That's all right. um, Makes bamboo bamboo fly rods, brilliant rods, and we used his rods on the river today. Nice. And we we couldn't couldn't count the fish we caught. I mean, it was unreal. We yeah. kind of got into a spot and they were just loaded up, and it was just. Fun with those buddies, just one after the other. Do you keep them when you throw them back? No, it was all release. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Kiss <laughs> them
0: every once in a while. <laughs> I, I got to admit, like uh, I'd had this idea for a long time, and I was really, really jealous of Andrew Seawad, Seaword, Seaward, because yeah. he beat C-Word. me to it. He beat me to it because like uh, I've been doing this podcast obviously radio internet show and I've been doing more and more video stuff and I was like okay I had this idea I've never been fishing before ever oh no and I was like I'm gonna get Chuck Reagan to take me fishing for the first time <laughs> and then Andrew posts that video and I'm like well I can't yeah. fucking do that now can I oh
1: well
2: that, you, maybe all, next time. you you gotta start somewhere you yeah. know we could still do it
0: yeah. well I, if I'd known you're going fishing today maybe we could have <laughs> but that's all right um so I don't know if you remember, like, the the first audio interview I ever did mm-hmm. was with you, across the street from uh, the Ogden Theater. You were on tour mm-hmm. with Social Distortion. I showed up a whole day early.
2: Yeah.
0: And you were like, you were a little irritated, but you sit down, and you talked to me for twenty minutes. I was irritated. Well, you were like, I got, it, I got, it, I got. It. You guys had I was just probably hit it. just crammed with. Yeah, you you were like, work. dude, I'm so busy. Uh, we got twenty minutes. We can do twenty minutes. All right, cool. <laughs> And you guys had hit a deer the night before or something like that. Oh, yeah, man, totally. And you were like, and I was supposed to be there the next day. And they're like, yeah, the reason you're not on the guest list is you're supposed to be here tomorrow. (laughs) But, yeah, we can do this interview. And, like, I had a big recording gear. I had a laptop and, like, a soundboard and everything. I didn't know that you could have just one of these things. And you sit down and you talk to me. And we did the first episode of Mostly Harmless Podcast. Yeah. it's still It's the number one most downloaded episode. I don't know if it's because it's number one or because of you. And it's okay. It's good. It was my first one, but uh, it kickstarted this whole fucking thing. Where uh, here it is two and a half years later, and I've interviewed, I've traveled, I've done all wow. this crazy stuff, and it's all and it all starts man. off with you. And I've met so many great people, I've gone on so many great adventures. So thank you. Oh well, thank you, yeah. man. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, it seems like you don't remember, but like it seems like every time I run into you, I'm always that drunk asshole the end of the night like hey man i just want you to know i you, love you you've always been you. hospitable man i love you <laughs> you've always been good but i know the term punisher like I, yeah. it's i don't know if you know it where it's it's that guy at the end of the night who's like just talks in circles over and over and over again so i'd like to publicly apologize if i've ever been that guy towards you because you're somebody like even that's very kind but but, you haven't so okay good good, good. good. i feel that way sometimes like uh, ryan from off of their heads like uh, i'm like dude i'm sorry i always punish you he's like dude you're punishing me by telling me you're you apologize all the time i'm like i'm sorry sorry i just love your band so much and that's the way i feel about you and like I, i i I'm not starstruck because we've hung out enough times that it's like, all right, cool. Uh, but uh, I was going to ask you who starstrucks, who who are you star stricken by? But fishermen, apparently. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, fishermen. I don't know. Um, I mean, different. You know, still songwriters. You know, that like songwriters that I admire. You know, that I'd never met before. And uh, you know, I don't care how long you do something or you know how long you're into something. If if somebody else is basically doing what you're doing and but they're doing it in a way that really inspires you or a way where you just highly highly admire and respect them mm-hmm. man I mean if you've never met that person before you to me that feeling is always there I don't care you know what caliber any of us are ever in like if you're if you have that admiration for someone and you've never met yeah. them before one, you you really hope they turn out to be decent folk, yeah, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you you hope that they're not gonna you know let you down or put you off or you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, two you just you 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 want to know like that other side of them that
0: nobody knows, yeah. you know what I mean? And, that, and and that's what's great about this little thing I do is like people people describe it as a barroom chat. Yeah. So it's just chit-chatting. Right. It's, chat it's yeah. kind of like a first date.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: get to yeah. know each other. But um I forget where I was going with that. You had a, I had a thought process in my head, and then I interrupted it. But so you meet these people, like mm-hmm. you, I, I've heard in the interviews, you want to keep yourself, you want to put yourself out there. Is it hard to put yourself out there night after night, meeting people, being that that genuine guy that you are?
2: Absolutely, man. I mean, like, yeah,
0: but <laughs> but it
2: it is, you know, it is, but it isn't, you yeah. know, like it's. It's it's kind of... How can I explain it? Like, for one, it, it's kind of my job. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's my duty. And, like, not everybody works the way that I work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of people feel like meeting somebody... Ha- meeting their fans halfway is showing up, playing a show, and saying thank you and good night. And, like, for for some people, yeah, maybe maybe it is, like i don't know you know i for me personally like i really respect you know the folks that are giving us the time of day to even care about what we're doing or or what i'm doing the you know the lyric people who take time to learn the lyrics and sing along hey i you know i go to i go to shows from time to time and like i'm you know in the grand scheme like you know, I'm on a budget too. You know, I know what it takes. I know what it takes to buy tickets, to drive to a show, to take time out of your schedule, out of your work, out of everything to go see a show. You bring your lady along or you bring your partner, your friend or your parent or somebody, and then you buy dinner or you know what I mean? And then you get into the show and you want to have a drink or two, or you buy a t-shirt or pick up a record Man, it takes a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy.
0: Yeah.
2: Like to yeah. Ma- to to just keep these things live, to keep art and music alive, like it really does. And you know, to me, I just I really respect, you know, the fact that you know, there's a lot of other options. There's a lot of there's a lot of other things going on in this town. There's a lot of other shows every single month the market's saturated with bands or shows yeah. every night and like for people to choose you know to come to see one of these gigs is you know to me is is just the same as them like stopping by my house and knocking on the front door <laughs> and just saying hey man I I drove all the way here to come say hello yeah. you know what I mean it's it's a bi- I'm just saying it's a big deal to me you know it's a really big deal to me. And just showing up, playing, jumping back into our bus or our van or, or heading to the airport and flying out of here, like, that isn't necessarily meeting them halfway. Like, I want to, those three gentlemen over there in the parking lot, yeah. when I walked up, when I got back from fishing, they all waved, and they are real friendly, and I waved up, hung my waders up on the fence over here and, and kind of was drying my stuff out. And, man, I mean, they just seemed energetic, excited. They're here early. Obviously, yeah. they're fired up for the show. And I just walked over, and we had, man, we had the best conversation. We were talking about different fishing spots. We were talking about yes. old shows, old venues, just, you know, telling stories. And, and that's what it's all about to yeah. me. That's what it's all about. And, and on the flip side of it, those guys are going to come into this show, and they're going to have probably have a be, even a better night for it. Yeah, right. I know that if I was out in that parking lot, you know, waiting for, you know, whoever, Steve Earle or Tom <laughs> Petty, to roll through town, and I was like, hey, what's going on, buddy? And they walked over and said hello to me, I'd be stoked. You yeah.
0: know? And I would love to talk to them, you know? And those are the um, guys you'd, like, hang out and wait for? Steve Earle, Tom Petty? Oh, there's a couple. Have yeah. you have you met those kind of guys? Like I played,
2: like... I played with Steve Earle once at a at a record store in Seattle, and uh, man, he was he was so wonderful, yeah, so kind, um, brilliant, brilliant artist, and a big inspiration to a lot of us. Um, but yeah, it was cool. We talked about fishing, <laughs> of course.
0: Is that all you talk about with musicians?
2: Oh no. We talk about gear sometimes. <laughs> Road, Mostly fishing. dogs, yeah. you know, home life.
0: Where's your favorite fishing spot? Oh, that's a tough. That's one. everywhere. It's
2: like asking me what my right. favorite
0: song is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. See, I'm not a fisherman, so I don't know, so I don't yeah. understand these things. What makes a good fishing spot, though? How about that? That's a better. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's,
2: spot. that's a great question. Um, a spot that doesn't get as much pressure. A spot that's like respected, you know, by by you know, the people who access it and use it, keep it clean, you know, keep it, you know, keep it, uh, keep it as natural as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's always wonderful if, if the fish are there, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I love remote areas. I love getting to places where normally people don't access or, or getting to places where people don't have the, the gusto to access, yeah. you know, um, same kind of deal, you know, and it's, it's all about the time you put in. You know what I mean, if you're willing to get out there and you know crawl through the muck sometimes you you know you you find like some sweet spots on the other side. Uh,
0: the metaphor is galore. <laughs> every, it, it, and I like that in everything I've watched or read or listened to you talk about fishing. It's just like metaphor after metaphor after metaphor. <laughs> it's like, man, you can apply that to everything. Well, um, you, yeah,
2: you kind of, you yeah. kind of can.
1: I
0: mean, is that the appeal of fishing? Because, I, like I say, I, I mean, I grew up in uh, North Louisiana, but my parents were city people. Like we never, they never took me fishing. I never got that. And none of my friends, we were all into skateboarding and BMX and that stuff yeah. instead of the outdoorsy stuff so i never got that chance i was in skateboard
2: skateboarding and BMX too
0: yeah um you know i
2: just uh it's it's always been a just a way of life for us for my family you know i mean we uh you know i mean my my mama and papa were just true blue like you know they lived off the land and and uh you know he he taught us a lot about hunting and fishing and growing food and and same with my mom, and you know. But I mean, it was just always, you know. My mom and papa were ranch hands. They ran they ran a, a huge ranch, a nine thousand acre uh, ranch, out in Texas called the Halifax Ranch. And um, it was just heaven to us as kids, because we had the run of the place. The Blanco River ran through there. Um, just tons of wildlife, tons of fish. It was. It was a beautiful place, but I mean, it's always been more of like just a part of life than yeah. it has been any kind of like sport <laughs> or yeah. you know. Do you keep any of it ever? Do I what? Keep it? Keep the fish? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, I probably, man, I, I mean, I probably release, I probably release eighty five, ninety percent of the fish that yeah. I catch. You know, um, you know most. You know, most of the time, there's, there's different fish that I strictly release, and there's different fish in certain times of year, in different areas that I fish, where I strictly keep them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we have a really strong salmon run in California, and salmon's kind of a, a big part of, of, of our diet at home, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, normally, normally if I can get about, you know, 12, 13, 14 of those fish... Um, in the, in the weight class that we catch them, you know, it, it, it will, the way we store them, we smoke and, and seal everything, freeze it and and just put it up and it'll normally last us like the year till the next season, you know, but like most of when I'm fly fishing, most of the, uh, pretty much a hundred percent of the fish that I catch, I, I, I release,
0: You know. What what goes through your head when you're out there fishing? Is there anything? Many, many things. (laughs) Many, many life, the universe and everything? Many, many things. How many songs come off of that river or bodies of water? Many, many. (laughs) (laughs) A
2: lot of lyrics have been written, you know, in the
0: outdoors and you know, songs started, songs finished. it's part of the life and what, what I like about the music is too is like what you describe about your experience fishing is kind of the experience I get listening to it mm-hmm. I can't it, it sounds like I'm pandering but it, it's honest it's genuine but it's like ah oh, it's so relaxing even, even the new record all the records it's so relaxing it's like it comes from a clean natural place like you were talking about where the best fishing spots are and all these metaphors it's like oh yeah that sounds like your music so that I mean I guess it kind of makes sense because that build, that's a gigantic part of you so yeah, I don't. I don't really know what I'm trying to say with that. Well,
2: thank you. I mean, <laughs> that, that's cool that you get that off of that. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, the outdoor world is. It is just such a huge. Yeah. You know, not only is to me is it important to me in my life. But I just feel like it's such an important, um. You know, cause to fight for, and yeah. and constantly trying better because I mean. And look around you, man. I mean, we've we—it's no question we have made a mess. Yeah, a big one. And uh, you know, I don't know. People battle back and forth on whether we're able to recorrect it, you know, or correct ourselves, or you know, come back from what we've done. And maybe we have. Maybe we won't. Maybe maybe if we just take part and do little things here and there and start within our home and within and then within our neighborhood or our group of friends and then within our community and then our society you know, a little bit here and there and you know, a little difference here and there will amount to you know, something something, you know, valid that you know, that'll actually make a difference
0: Uh, because I just like looking out the window while you're saying that. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's very deep. That feels like something we should end this with, but I still got more for you. <laughs> sure. So um, you're you're out. You're promoting the new record. Let's switch gears and talk about that. As much as I'd love to keep talking about this, I feel like you could talk all day about fishing <laughs> in the outdoors. I and mean, you probably do, right? Uh, sometimes, yeah. yeah.
2: But I try not to. I talk too much as it is.
0: <laughs> do you have to worry about your voice?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah you get close to losing it yeah yeah it comes and goes but you know normally normally it just takes me a few shows to kind of beat it up a little bit and get it
0: conditioned and you know get on a track and and you guys have been out for what a week now yeah something like that How, how has it been getting back into that groove like it doesn't seem like you took much time off from touring though it seems like you went from straight from a revival tour to this album to touring I actually took about six
2: months off. Of oh, tour. really? Yeah, which sure is the most. <laughs> which which is the most that I've had off in years. Yeah. Granted, we made a record in that six months, yeah. and I uh, had a few like fly-ins here and there, but you know, for the most part, I was I was home and I was riding a lot at home. I was working on the house. I was just kind of doing whatever I could, you know, making ends meet and and just, you know. Tending to the duties that fall, you know, fall by the wayside while we're living this crazy yeah. circus, you know, of traveling. And But I think, uh, I think a lot of that home time and just, you know, fire time, you know what I mean? Just, like, sitting around in the backyard around the fire and hanging out with my wife and my dogs and walking in the woods and working on the house, working on the yard, like it's it's so important man and I think a lot of that has has to do with you know a lot of the energy that that started those songs that ended up you know getting on onto the record
0: yeah you know so when you go sit down, so let me go back to my questions instead of trying to reform this like it feels like a and it's again it sounds like I'm pandering but I really do feel this way it feels like this is a perfect record it's great yeah like, I don't I don't feel like you've made a bad record solo or even with hot water I like it all I mean maybe you do but um how many songs end up on the cutting room floor before you actually press it and master it and whatnot I mean
2: I think i I pulled together you know I always write I'm always documenting stuff some of it a lot of it you know I burn or or just you know put away or you know what I mean, or or they just yeah. go on back burners, or you know what I mean. Some some stuff kind of, you know, registers a little uh, more clearly at the time when it's when it's being written. I don't, and I don't know what the rhyme and reason yeah. is for that. You know, for me, it's all about just like tapping into the subconscious. You know what I mean? Uh, will well, be doing something and I just kind of a phrase will come, or a melody, or like. You know, I always have guitars around me and pick up a guitar and, you know, start banging on something and, and, uh, and I, I have to document it right then and there, or it just, it's gone. And, and I believe that like those exactly how it is right then and there, if you don't document it, it's gone for good. You may remember it in a way and where it becomes something else, but that one particular moment where you're like, yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do. And it's like when you kind of make your hair stand up on the back of your neck, yeah. you know, where you're like, I don't know. It's like kind of tapping into something. And uh, I do that a lot. I document that stuff a lot. And I think I pulled together, you know, uh, 35 or so wow. different different i mean these aren't finished songs right 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 you know i mean some of them were literally just you know a part or a verse and a chorus or you know what i mean just like a a riff that i kind of repeated some of them were finished songs some of them were you know halfway done and so it's kind of a mixed bag of different stuff and i start weeding through that kind of to a point where i'm comfortable enough to share it with christopher thorne who produced it flew him up and that's when I need an outside perspective, you know, because I'm connected to all of them, some way or the other, you know, I wouldn't be paying attention to them if I (laughs) weren't and, but at that point that's when I kind of need somebody you know, to come in if not a producer, a buddy a friend, you know, my wife like, you know, anybody who's who's linen an ear there and uh, and start kind of You know an outside perspective somebody to go Ah, you're kind of already getting that across in this piece and this one has a little more impact than this one you know what i mean yeah i don't always hear that or see that a lot of most of the time i do but like a lot of stuff falls through the cracks where i'm like it, it 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 becomes gray to me it becomes kind of like a wide just a huge piece of of fabric, you know
0: what I mean. Well, you, sometimes you have to step away from the big picture. Yeah, kind of like in. It makes me think of Paris Beeler's day off, where Cameron gets really close to the photo, and you step back, and you see this thing <laughs> or whatnot, or the, the old TVs we used to have, you know, the kind of thing. Right. Uh, it, it sounds a lot like. Have you seen the TED Talk with Elizabeth? I believe it's Elizabeth Gilbert. She was the writer at Eat, Pray, Love. She does a talk where she talks about being a conduit for these ideas of the universe, and she just captures them. And sometimes if you if you don't have a pen handy, mm-hmm. they just disappear and somebody else captures them.
2: I, I'm a true believer that, like, I don't know what it is that makes me believe this. I don't know if this was, like, a choice that I chose to believe this way or yeah. what, but I believe that these songs just exist. And you know like they've always existed and and will exist and continue to exist in different forms or the other and you know we grow up we listen to artists that we're inspired by we listen to music that drives us and like fuels us and and you know w- then we learn how to play and we learn how to express on our own yeah. and all these little influences that we had when we were here in the Nova right. Nova driving down the street blasting music when we were on the playground as a little kid and there was something in that chorus that just like, you know I mean, I can't say that that wouldn't come out 40 or 50 years later somewhere in some other form yeah. you know and I believe like these songs you know, that that we all you know right like they they exist and and it takes us to just kind of like notice them you know it's more just like paying attention and like yeah. noticing whatever it is that puts that melody in your head whatever when you're walking down the street and you start whistling a tune that you've never it's just some yeah. random melody where does that come from
0: and then you somebody know? else can be like oh that melody yeah that's this over here yeah. this whole other thing that like I remember uh, being a, like a young twenty-year-old and picking up the uh, the Tao, or the Tao, whatever T A O, and like reading it for the first time and like throwing it across the room because all my ideas were in there. This book that had been written hundreds years ago, well, yeah. thousands of years ago. So Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, you seem like you'd be a Hermann Hess fan. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read *Damien*? Has, no. I hate to say it because I'm Damien, but a lot of it is has to do with collective consciousness, and uh, I probably have all the ideas and themes wrong, but it's about this boy named Damien. It's spelled different than my name, but he's obsessed with this other character, and it goes to explore the idea of uh, the Mark of Cain and how like we're attracted to certain things that kind of come from like her roots, something. Not, sure. I'm, I'm explaining it completely wrong, and this is off no, topic. I'm but, picking up what you're saying. But uh, it's a great book, and I read it, and it was just one of those like. Whole shit, where's this been all my life? Uh, It was my uh,
2: catcher in the rye. I had the same feeling the first time I read a book called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. I own it. I haven't read it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was one of those books that was kind of passed around a circle of us.
0: That's how I got a copy
2: of it. Yeah, and then we, we would all have conversations and it would end up in these debates and it was all these... And it was just one of those books where, you know, everything that You know, all these, you know, observations, all these realizations, all these things, you know, that are, you know, obvious but not always seen, you know, we're just ringing clear where I'm going, I've always known this, you know, this, like, this has always been in me and and maybe this is in everyone, you know what I mean? And we just, we need to take time to,
0: to notice it. Vonnegut hits me that way a lot of times, too. Like, and it's oddly enough, his throwaway sentences, it's just like, random throwaway paragraph, I'm like, that's the secret of the universe right there. Vonnegut's got it hidden in his, like, worst book, you know, that kind of thing. So who knows? Who knows where we find our meaning from? Um, I don't want to, I want, I, I, I do want to, because we're supposed to talk about your new record. Yeah. As much as I love this, man, I could.
2: Well, let me talk about the guys, I mean, like, honestly. Yeah, yeah, honestly, that's, that's, that's where I was going, um, thank you. The, you know, the I owe everything to yeah. to everybody that it has been surrounding me that I'm a part of, that they're a part of what I'm doing. It's it's uh, it's like so communal and, and it's such a positive thing, man, and, and like and I'm not just talking about the band guys, I'm talking about Side One Dummy and you know, all the folks, you know, who like worked on the videos and like the graphic design and like down to the manufacturing, like there's all these people, you know, our managers of the pre-sales the agents, it's, it's a massive team man. it takes a, it takes a village to make a okay. record and it takes a village to make a record that will see the light of day, you know, that'll get, go through the press and, and like, you know, get listened to or, or just get made, you know? Okay. And, um, you know, bringing in, bringing in, uh, you know, Joe and Joe and John and I, we sat down. You know, after when it was time to start thinking about, let's do another record, and and we started talking about what we wanted to do different. And we'd been playing some bigger shows. We'd been, you know, kind of our whole point of covering ground was we wanted to document what it sounded like with these three instruments: upright bass, guitar, and fiddle. You know, this is kind of how we're playing most of the time just as a three-piece and we're playing these bigger shows and we're all extremely percussive players the three of us you know which can be really powerful as how Mm -hmm. we do it but at the same time we can get going and sometimes we can lose ourselves (laughs) you know everybody is you know playing their melodies and their notes and their chords but we're also banging on these instruments you know so you get all these like different rhythms happening as well so the first thought was let's let's bring a drummer in um we had we had hooked up with social d through 2011 as you know and um hit it off with them hit it that's where met david hidalgo jr first and hit it off with him and then uh we talked about playing together, you know, just here and there. And then I, and then I heard um, his work on Devour, uh, Dave Hawes' record, and which is brilliant. And, um, and then it turned out that he was available, you know, to do our record and do a couple tours, this one being this one here and the next one that we're about to do. And so right at that same time... You know, I wanted to reach out, reached out to Todd Bean and, and uh, you know, he he was available. And it seemed like immediately we had this, we had this kind of recipe for what, you know, kind of a, a foundation for what we wanted yeah. to do. Um, to me, all the pieces were there, you know, like, and uh, I, I flew everybody out after I went through that process we spoke about with Thorne and kind of cut the songs. We just kept chopping this group of songs down, this batch, down to maybe, you know, 18 or 19 numbers. And uh, I flew all the guys out to California. And we spent a week out there, uh, wake, uh, wake them up early, 4, 4.30 <laughs> in the morning, get them all loaded up, coffeed up, and we'd go hit the lake and go fishing for a while. And, uh, and then we'd come back to the house and just start digging into songs, build a fire you know cook some food and just I wasn't so much worried about working out the kinks of the songs my I I was more concerned about that just pulling all all of us together and and bonding you know I feel like if 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 you have a bond with the people that you're sharing music with the music's only going to mean that much more and it's only going to be that much more powerful so You know, we pulled that together and then we booked a tour intentionally to follow that pre-production and intentionally to land right before we were to go into the studio. So the idea was just to pull everybody together, you know, get somewhat comfortable with a group of songs, hit the road, forget about these songs, and just play shows together. And then get into the studio as a well-oiled machine revisit all those songs and make it happen and that's what we did
0: so you built a family yeah <laughs> so to speak yeah, pretty much. they say you can't build a family but apparently it sounds like you did but I mean apparently they were predestined to be in this group anyway and I, I I
2: count my blessings man every time I get a chance to to step on stage with these guys because yeah. I don't I mean I don't know how long it's gonna go you know none of us do nobody knows what's around the corner you know what I mean and I mean it's, it's one of those things where I just I, I, I just I respect them so much I admire them so much and I look up to them as, as friends, as musicians and just as human beings you know yeah. and uh, I mean hell if this is the last show that we all play together man I mean we could put a stamp on it and I could just say that was a hell of a ride you know and be be more than happy with
0: it. I hope it's not, but you know, <laughs> I hope it's not either. Because man, especially because I to I haven't seen this lineup yet, so I can't wait. Um, it's a whole another animal. I my friend. I've only seen, I've uh, only seen you and the three, you, John, and Joe, and the R- revival tour. So, I'm, well, and hot water, of course, but yeah. as this, I'm excited. I've seen you play guitar by yourself, just you all on stage. What's a more true uh, version of your songs? Is it? We're it's all fun.
2: I mean it's all it's it's all true to me yeah. you know right what on. I mean cause it's just you yeah I mean we you know we we started calling the group I this is something that I I'd like to say um, we started we we decided that it would be good out of respect for the people coming to see the show yeah for folks to know what they're getting into and you know when I'm playing with a band it's gonna be billed as we decided to call the band the camaraderie like that was kind of a group effort kind of thing that we all decided on, and uh, whenever I'm playing with a band, it'll be me and the camaraderie, and whenever I'm by myself, it'll be just me, and or with John, it'll yeah. be with me and John. You know, speaking so. of
0: John's, here comes John Snodgrass walking up the parking lot. Oh, all right on. Well, I because I know he's gonna want to talk your ear off. Uh-huh. Talk my ear off. But I uh, will start to wrap this up. So I I can see this record. This it, It's going to if you let it, it'll take you to the next level. Do you want to hit that next level? Like that next <laughs> what's the next
2: level? You know, I mean like uh, is like, it going to cut and is it going to cut into my fishing
0: time? Oh, that's that's the point. Why? Well, I mean, you're the boss. <laughs> you decide when the fishing time is, right? That's right. But um but I'm, I mean like I can see you like I I know you're uh, I'm going to ray rolling. Your public one of your publicists yeah he's an acquaintance he's a buddy of mine I see him all the time and he's like oh, I'm backstage at Letterman I'm backstage at yeah. you know this show like you yeah. I can see you taking this to that level is that a level you want to take it to look like man, a bigger I mean, natural
2: I mean this is a thing it's like I like I said before I mean it I mean I count my blessings like, yeah. I never in a million years thought I'd be sitting in the back of a tour bus talking to you getting ready to play a place this big
1: yeah. come on
2: <laughs> I mean it's blowing my mind it really is legitimately blowing my mind and i mean hey if if all of this dissolved tomorrow man i i i've accomplished more and everything and more than i've ever dreamed in music i've been invited into just countless beautiful communities i've met people who become lifelong friends i've learned more about myself by making a, a many many mistakes but you know you don't you don't learn by doing things yeah, right. right you know <laughs> and and i mean hey you know whatever whatever comes is wonderful uh, all i'll say is as long as as long as it feels like it feels right now as long as everybody's stoked and fired up to get up there and give it their best or or if the touring goes away which I mean, hey, I'd be fine with that someday, you know. I mean, when it comes down to it, I want to make songs. I want to write songs. Yeah. I want to make music, and I mean, as long as I'm physically and mentally, come on back, yeah,
0: bring it on back. Oh, come on back, come on back, come
1: on, come buddy? on hey, buddy. hey buddy,
0: we're about to end this, so you can hey John grass. Oh. Uh,
2: that's what I'm talking about right yeah. there, you know. Yeah. As long as that feeling's there, and as long as, you know, I'm physically, mentally able to do it and be a part of it with people like these two turkeys right here, <laughs> then then you'll see me here. Yeah. When that goes away,
0: so will I, for sure that's the perfect ending point and John Snodgrass came in to witness it I gotta thank John the though because looking good
1: ah <laughs> <laughs> I it <figured this> just <laughs>
2: oh look at I you I mean hey,
0: hey, hey while we're while we're back here thanks man. I mean uh what you were saying about like taking it beyond farther than you ever imagined John took me on a couple of drag the river tours yeah and then I booked shows and then I met you and then I interviewed you on the show and this show has taken me further than I ever would have imagined so it all it's all cycle it all keeps going I agree with that so so what's next for you guys what's next for the tour Todd Bean are you or Glasser are you going to do anything else yeah but just not right away Eric is still
2: working on that shoulder man he's got a severe tendonitis in his shoulder and we don't want to replace it
0: but maybe I'll hit maybe you and me will talk later Mm Mm-hmm. yeah All right. Well let's uh let's go ahead and end this since we got a uh, got Sounds a crowd good, here. Buddy. So, anything else you want to throw out there, Chuck?
2: No, man. I'm just I'm grateful to be here breathing, surrounded by beautiful folks. <laughs> That's
1: all no right. joke. See,
0: guys. <laughs> <need you>. <laughs> <laughs> well all right, buddies. Thanks again to Chuck for hanging out and chatting with me. Uh Chuck, you are you're the real deal, man. Uh, a lot of people call Chuck Reagan the nicest guy in punk rock, but I like to think he's He's a little bit more than a nice guy because nice guys can be jerks too as he'll be prone to tell you. And uh, I think Chuck is just a good guy. And probably, you know, let me scratch that. Chuck is just a great guy. And it's really, really wonderful when the people you look up to are the people you expect them to be. And he is one of those dudes. And thank you to Chuck for being the person who helped kick kickstart this dumb little radio show. And uh, thank you for coming on this week and making this the best episode I've had yet. And, uh and here here's my one little i'm going to get on a soapbox real quick and be like look i was just the guy working a working in bars tour managing here and there but i wanted to do something i wanted to make something and you know instead of talking about it for years like i did i finally got up off the couch and started making something and here i am two and a half years later having the adventure of the lifetime and those of you out there listening you can do it too you can get up off your couch, I mean, maybe not podcasting, maybe not interviewing bands, but paint a picture, do something. Your life is going to be so much better for it. And, uh, my life is definitely so much better because I've started doing this little show and, uh, it all, it all got kickstarted with episode one and Chuck Reagan way back in uh, December, of 2011. So thank you, Chuck. And, uh, like to send a shout out again to Deathwish Copy, getting me through my hangover this uh, beautiful Sunday morning. And thanks again to Ray Rowland for setting up the interview. Thanks for Casey Cress, tour manager extraordinaire, for making making sure things happen, making sure that we were well lubricated, or at least I was well lubricated for the interview. Um, and thanks again to Jamie at Side One Dummy for just being awesome and sending me the record ahead of time. And again, this is probably my favorite record of the year already. Again, up against Pup Menzingers. Uh the hold steady. Boy, whew, this is gonna be a tough year and it's only uh it's only April. So Chuck, thanks again, my friend. I uh, will see you out there on the road. We're gonna go ahead and end this song in this podcast episode with another track from Till Midnight. It's out now inside one dummy records. Um and this is the first song on the record. So we're gonna end this with the first song, but hey, it works. It's work. Uh, and it's again one of my favorite songs on the record. It's Something May Catch Fire. All right, buddies. See you in the funny pages.
1: Time